What's going on, starters? This is Daniel for the Four Starters Podcast. Of course, we've got a lot to get into today. Um, obviously, the NFL is still going in full force. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, injuries still happening. Uh, more COVID testing turning positive, and more obviously more facilities closing as the tests continue to pop up. So we'll definitely talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about uh, winners and losers for the week. Uh, obviously, there have been teams that have not been able to buy a win, so we'll get into that. Um, the league was, you know, going through is actually going through a lot, having to move uh, football games to later down the week, uh, probably postponing them. There has been talks about maybe having an eighteen-week season. Um, but like I said, we'll definitely get into that. Let's go ahead and go down the actual uh, scores for the week. Uh, week five, we have the Bucks beating the, uh, well, actually losing to the Bears, twenty to nineteen. Tom Brady looking a little confused over you know whether it's fourth down or not. Uh, we have the Panthers beating the Falcons, taking care of business there. And the Falcons, unfortunately, right now, they cannot buy a win if their life depended on it. Um, the Panthers just proved to be too much for them. Um, and now that I mentioned the Falcons, they just let go of Dan Quinn this past week. Uh, Dan Quinn joins also the Dimitrov, which is their um, general manager. They both got fired uh, the same. Well, actually, I think I believe within hours of each other. Uh, I don't want to say the same, uh, you know, this at the same time, but yeah, um, Arthur Blank is just tired of the losing, and it just—he even said it himself. It, it just—it's called not winning, and got rid of them both. So at this point in time, you know, the Falcons are going to be looking for a head coach possibly next season. If not, they'll stay with their interim coach currently. But uh, you know, to me. There's actually, I'm, I'm not sure if it was the coaching. Well, it had to be the coaching because I look at these stats, right? Matt Ryan, 21 for 37, which isn't great for 226 yards and an intersection. Um, interception, excuse me. And then you have Todd Gurley with 14 carries and 121 yards. I have not seen Todd Gurley break for more than 100 yards in probably since two seasons ago. Calvin Ridley, eight receptions, 136 yards. We all know Calvin Ridley is a stud, right? When it's time to step up, he does it, and he gets it done. And, you know, that's what he does. Uh, We love him in fantasy because he gets us all those points and possibly wins games for us. But on the other side, we have Teddy Bridgewater, 27 for 36, 313 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Mark Davis is a prize for... A backup running back has been doing very, uh, you know, fairly well with 16 yards, uh, 16 carries and 89 yards. Robbie Anderson still balling out, eight receptions, 112 yards. So I mean, they they just found a better way to to win over in Carolina, and now they're three and two. Atlanta Falcons still 0 and five. They joined that 0 and five club with the New York Jets. The New York Jets right now are an absolute and complete dumpster fire. It, it's gotten so bad that they got they got rid of Le'Veon Bell. 
who just a couple years ago was in talks for MVP. Le'Veon Bell was balling out in Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, they didn't give him the money that he wanted. And he also just wanted to leave Pittsburgh um, for obvious reasons. The situation was toxic. It was getting to be too much with Antonio Brown, uh, you know, doing things uh, on the field that just were not, and off the field as well, and, and, you know, recording in the locker room, things of that nature. Um, I like to say that Le'Veon was just not with that. And, um, you know, obviously Big Ben was, I want to say, a part of that as well. Uh, he is the leader of that team. So he just said, you know what, I'm good here. I'm going to just go ahead and get with the Jets. So he got with the Jets, and the Jets are now also 0-5. Not won a game in the last five weeks, unfortunately. Um, so they take out Sam Darnold, and they plug in Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. When was the last time you heard that name? 2010? Maybe? 2000, I want to say, okay, maybe 2015? Maybe. Uh, but yeah, Joe Flacco is their starting quarterback. Well, was their starting quarterback uh, last Sunday. Uh, went for 18 for 33, 195 yards, and a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell carried the ball 13 times and only got 60 yards. That's it. That's it. Uh, and we also have, you know, Jameson Crowder. He did his thing as well. Um, got us eight receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. But the defense was just atrocious. It, it was. It's embarrassing, and I feel for Jets fans because they are so faithful. Um, they're, they're, you know, the people that are Jet fans that, unfortunately, they don't live in the New York area and don't they don't get those those games. They have to pay for those games. They have to pay for either Sunday ticket and, and have to stream it or, you know, it's just, it. it's not happening. And there's a reason that Jamal Adams left the New York Jets organization. I almost said New York Knicks, but the New York Jets organization and and said, okay, that's enough as well for me. So here we go, right? So what is wrong with the New York Jets? I'll tell you what's wrong. And it just all comes down to, you know, are you playing defense? How long are you out there on the field playing defense? Because whether you like to admit it or not, the best way to play defense is not to play defense at all. Honestly. Because you're at that point in time, you're keeping the other guy, you're keeping Kyler Murray on the sideline, not being able to do anything at all, right? So the yardage is also a problem. They've only been able to move the, uh, the they were able to move the ball 285 yards. That's it against the Cardinals, 496. They both had 11 drives. But look at the yards per play. Yards per play is 4.5. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> 4.5 yards per play, which mean, which to me, it means that you're not being efficient on third down. On third down, you're 4-13, and 13, and on fourth down, you're 0-2. So if your team is not good on fourth down, why, why do you continue to put, press the matter? I get it. You have to win. You have to find a way to win. But... You know, pushing the issue is not going to cut it. If your team is unable to perform, why are you still wanting to push the issue? Well, that's going to be the 0-5 teams right there. Um, everyone else has won a game. Um, it is very unfortunate that those organizations that were once, 
you know, in the cusp of uh, football are now just, I mean, at the bottom of the bottom, right? 0-5 is, is winningless. And uh, I hope that they are able to turn it around soon because no one wants to go 0-16, right? Um, I get that there's tanking, but teams, well, let me rephrase that. Players don't enjoy tanking. I mean, you became a professional football player to to play at a high level and compete at a high level. But the Jets at this point in time, they're not even competing. And the Falcons, they just have to find ways to finish the games. Um, they are losing games by sometimes less than a touchdown. And so, you know, it's on them at this point. The Steelers... The Steelers walk away from the Eagles 4-0 and they handle business at home. Carson Wentz had a had a little bit of a struggle there with two interceptions, but he did throw for two touchdowns, went 20 for 35 and 250 uh 258 yards. Miles Sanders emerging as their star running back, 11 carries, 80 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, another star that's emerging as well in the receiving end is going to be Travis Fulgham. Have you ever heard of Travis Fulgham? Neither have I. But you heard of him now. 10 receptions, 152 yards, and a score. Just great, right? And you would have thought, okay, this is enough for them to go ahead and, and, and win the game. Eh, wrong. The Steelers brought it to the Eagles in that, uh, that porous defense that the Eagles have. So Big Ben went for 27 and 34, 239 yards and three touchdowns. Their rookie wide receiver, Chase Claypool, seven receptions, 110 yards, and not one, not two, but three touchdowns. Incredible. Incredible. Great game. Um, a lot of people say, well, it just all came down to the refs and the refs this and the refs that. Well, don't leave it in the hands of the refs. Play better. Do better. And if you're the Eagles, man, you're now in second place of the NFC East. So, good job. Um, moving on, the Rams are now 4-1, and one, being the Washington football team, who is now 1-4. and four. Jared Goff, 21 for 30, 309 yards, two touchdowns, and a score. Uh, and, I mean, that's, that's a great performance, I guess, from Jared Goff. Not great, but uh, okay. Uh, it is Washington, after all. But they were able to hold them to 10 points, which, you know, that's a good deal. Uh, now, the story behind the Washington football team, of course, was the comeback of Alex Smith. And Alex Smith being able to get on the field once again um, in front of his, you know, family, his kids and his wife. Um, but, you know, when he was out there on the field, the first, uh, the first one to say hello was, of course, Aaron Donald. And uh, he almost ate him. Pretty much. He uh, swallowed him whole, and we were all just holding our breath and go, <gasps> okay, he's getting up. All right, good. Good, 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 good. So amazing comeback story for, for Alex Smith. Uh, it's, it is unfortunate they, were able, they weren't able to, to win the game against the Los Angeles Rams. That sounds weird, Los Angeles Rams. It's always been St. Louis for me. But anyway, so they were able to, to win it. Um, the, the Rams were able to win against Washington. Ron Rivera is having uh, to to make decisions and and take out Dwayne Haskins from the starting lineup and plug in Kyle Allen, who didn't do too much himself. He went nine for thirteen with seventy four yards. Um, 
it's just that that team needs a lot of uh, just re just revamping. Honestly, uh, Washington has been in hot water, obviously because of the allegations uh, for for Dan Schneider, uh, the sexual allegations for Dan Schneider, and the, and the sexual misconduct and what have you. Um, the name also is another thing, so it, it does bring a lot of distractions. And kudos to Ron Rivera for being out there, who you know, who's been able to handle that situation like like a trooper. Um, on top of having to deal with his uh, cancer treatments, having to deal with IVs in the middle of the, you know, middle of the game during halftime and what have you. So, you know, I hope he, uh, he's able to battle it out against cancer and, and beat cancer's butt, man. That's, um, that's very unfortunate, but that, you know, this is, this is a professional football league. You still have to move on regardless of, of what is going on. So the Bengals losing to the Ravens. I mean, that was expected, right? 27 to three, um, Baltimore's four and one. The only loss that they have is against the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, which, you know, I mean, you're losing to the world champions there. There's no shame in that, right? And so hopefully they're able to, to you know, kind of, well, they, they are bouncing back. But uh, hopefully they'll be able to go ahead and make a greater run and um, even maybe, maybe be playoff contenders, uh, not playoff contenders, but Super Bowl contenders. Now, Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow got sacked, I believe it was a total of eight times during that football game. This offensive line, it, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's it has it has no protection for such a young quarterback. Uh, and by young, I mean not in age, but uh, in actual time in the NFL. Right? Uh, Joe Burrow went nineteen for thirty, one hundred and eighty-three yards and an interception. So. No touchdowns there. Only a field goal was allowed throughout the whole game. Lamar Jackson continues to ball out. 19 for 37, 180 yards. And two touchdowns, of course. Um, you know, he is still very a very good quarterback. Still hasn't, uh, you know, paid a whole lot of attention to the critics. And uh, he continues to ball out, man. That's just all that comes to it. Another team that got their first win as well was the Houston Texans. Finally, winning a game thirty to fourteen after they let go of their previous head coach Bill O'Reilly, um, they now have Romeo Cornell. I, I know last time I said Cromel, but no, it's Romeo Cornell. Um, and winning thirty to fourteen, it is obvious that I don't want to say you know it is because of the head coach that they were able to win a game. But when you plug, when you take out someone like Bill O'Reilly who had a a fiery uh, demeanor and uh, if something went wrong he just lost it and, and everybody in the building knew that Bill had lost it and they plug in someone like Romeo Cornell who's cool calm collected it is obvious that uh, the atmosphere and the vibe within the team facility is going to change right because you're not having someone who's going to immediately yell at you if you don't put on your chin strap correctly um, it's just uh, one of those things that Leadership matters. It really does. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 25-35, 359 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And, of course, Brandon Cooks, back to his uh, old ways, eight receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown. 
Um, one of the emerging stars this year is LaVisca Chenault, man. LaVisca Chenault received seven balls for 79 yards from Gardner Minshew, who went 31 for 49, 301 yards and two touchdowns. Um, James Robinson is also doing his thing. Um, didn't have a great game, but he did carry the ball 13 times for 48 yards. And I believe he had a few catches as well. We're not going to get too deep into that because we the, obviously there's not a whole lot of time. The Dolphins, oh my goodness. So, Fitzmagic, right? Fitzmagic is still doing it out in Miami and still putting the kind of the... Um, the pause on, on time for Tua, right? He's balling out 22 for 28. 22 for 28, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Another start that's rising that's I didn't see it coming was Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin went 16 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown, along with uh, a wide receiver by the name of Preston Williams. Preston Williams for four receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Now, we all know they tried it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Tried, you know, making him, not making him, but allowing him to play in the game. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out. You can still, he it, it was very visible that he's not um, 100% yet. That high ankle sprain, it, it's not something... Especially for tall dudes, it's not something easy to to recover from. Uh, it doesn't take just a couple of weeks. It, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. And then to be able to go ahead and come back and be in a rhythm and throw and, and all these things, it, it's not, um, like I said, it, it's not easy. It's very uncomfortable. You can see it. Um, it is very obvious when you start sailing those passes and overthrowing the passes. It's just... Like I said, it's it's obvious he was not comfortable. Yeah, he could come out to the press conference and say, "Well, no, I wasn't comfortable. It's just my throws weren't there." No, let's let's be honest with each other, man. You you were not, you were not, you weren't feeling safe. Number one and number two, you're too afraid to retweak it, retweak it. Excuse me, and then have to you know be sidelined again, which happened anyway. I mean, C.J. Beathard came into the game. 9 for 18, 94 yards and touchdown. Raheem Mostert is back in the lineup. And uh, he went 11 carries for 90 yards. George Kittle did his thing with four receptions and 44 yards. Uh, whether you like to believe it or not, George Kittle is still a very dangerous tight end. Probably one of the best in the league. The Colts... Losing to the Browns. Man, who would have thought the Browns at this point in time would have been 4-1? and one? Good grief. I, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. And uh, obviously, they came to town and they beat the Cowboys. So, good for them, man. Good for them. Uh, there was uh, a lot of talking. A lot of, um, is this Baker's time up? Uh, is, Baker's time's, is Baker's time up? Does he need to hit the bench at this point? Do we let someone else come in and play? Do we... You know, draft another quarterback. Do we trade Odell? You know, there's only so much that you know the Browns can can you know hope for, and, and this and that and the other. And now they're four and one. Stefanski is, is really driving this team. Um, and by Stefanski, I mean the head coach. They're beating possibly the best defense in the NBA in the NFL. Excuse me, with the Indianapolis Colts. 
Philip Rivers, Oldman Rivers. I mean, we all know he's uh, his time's up. He's done. He's uh, he's not the same guy that he used to be. Uh, went 21 for 33, 243 yards and two touchdowns. Great. So you you know padded the stat sheet with 243 yards. Amazing. Um, Jonathan Taylor continues to be the story of the year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor came out of Wisconsin. Uh, probably one of my favorite running backs at the time. Um, last year, uh, 12 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, still playing, went back to the Colts. Six receptions for 69 yards. Now, Baker Mayfield, uh, he had a he had a decent game. I want to say a great game for 21 for 37, 247 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Kareem Hunt stepping up for Nick Chubb for 20 carries, 72 yards. Jarvis Landry, four receptions and 88 yards. Those are your stat leaders. Again, Cleveland still has something to prove. They, that's what they're out here to do, right? They're out here to prove that all the talk, all the um, you know off-the-field semantics, all the all the great commercials that you know they keep um, shooting, what have you. They they are for a reason, right? Because they're for real. Um, but they have a test. This week against the uh, against Pittsburgh, and we all we all remember that situation with Miles Garrett and that other dude that I'm not even going to say his name because he's a racist, you know what? But uh, but yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens then. I know Miles Garrett is eager to to come back in, and of course the AFC North is hot right now. Um, Mike Tomlin said himself, "We like to be in the kitchen," so it, it should be a game to watch. I'm trying to I'm going to go ahead and try to catch it. Um, just because the the whole thing with with last year, Miles Garrett, you know, pretty much, um, I want to say, just socking the dude with his own helmet. I mean, he took the dude's helmet off and socked him in the head with it uh, after he allegedly uh, blurted out a racial slur. But moving on, the Seahawks, man, the Seahawks <laughs> had me on the edge of my seat with Russell Wilson coming up in the clutch, man. I mean, it was just ridiculous. That game, the Vikings had the Seahawks against, a, you know, just cornered, basically, and said, okay, go ahead and, and, and try to win it now. And so the Seahawks were like, oh, okay, bet, let's go. Boom, boom, driving down the field every time, just chipping away at the lead. And in the fourth quarter, the last minute, DK Metcalf comes up huge for them i mean massive uh russell wilson doing his thing 30 uh, excuse me 20 out of 32 for 217 yards three touchdowns and an interception um russell wilson leading the charge on the on the rushing stats uh five carries for 58 yards dk metcalf six receptions and 93 yards two touchdowns and may i add the winning touchdown as well um Kirk Cousins, I mean, this poor guy. At this point in time, the Vikings are 1-4. and four. Uh, We all are wondering what happened with the Vikings. Well, their head coach left. Their head coach said, okay, I'm going to the Browns. Bye. So, Kirk Cousins, 27 for 39, 249 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, their running back stepping in, Alexander Madison, after uh, Calvin Cook went down, uh, took, took it 20, 20 times, 112 yards. Uh, Adam Thielen, of course, he's still the star wide receiver. 
uh, nine receptions, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. And so, guess what? Seattle's undefeated. They're 5-0. and I believe they're the only undefeated team at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, good for good for the Seahawks. I think, I think Russell Wilson is going to get the MVP. He's playing at an incredible level. And more than anything, I said it before, he's consistent, right? He, he's not here to clown around and have a great game here and two bad there and one great game. He doesn't go up and down. He's just even kill and very consistent. Now, the Saints... The Saints are three and two, and they were able to beat the Los Angeles Chargers in overtime, thirty to twenty-seven. All thanks to their kicker, who you know had a great, great forty-eight yard field goal at the end of the game uh, to pretty much you know, put the nail in the coffin and and put the Chargers to sleep. Uh, Justin Herbert, though, man, Justin Herbert, t- check this out. He is a rookie. 20 for 32, 264 yards, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. I don't think ever in the history of the NFL has a rookie thrown for four touchdowns. Um, looking at Justin Jackson also, their star running back, six, uh, 15 carries for 71 yards. And Mike Williams is back, obviously. Mike Williams, five receptions, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, Drew Brees had a... It was struggling at first. I'm not going to lie. The, the beginning of the game uh, looked a little shaky for him. Uh, went 33 for 47, 325 yards, uh, one score, and one interception. Alvin Kamara, 11, yard, 11 receptions, 45 yards. He's still a threat. He's still a threat going downfield. Guaranteed. The last thing you want to do is leave Alvin Kamara one-on-one and have him you know, run down the field because he will burn you. Um, Emmanuel Sanders finally, you know, making that connection with uh, Drew Brees, twelve receptions and 122 yards. And like I said, Will Lutz is the Saints' um, kicker, and he came up big in the clutch, uh, nailing that 48-yard field goal and just putting the game to bed. All right, so we're moving on to wow, this game. Uh, it was a treat for all NFL fans, right? Tuesday night. We were ready to go, you know. I turn on the game and I tell my wife, "Who who is commentating this? Who is who are these guys? Where's 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 Nance and Romo? I need Nance and Romo." And she goes, "What well, what is what difference does it make? Nance and Romo bring it. They don't only bring it, but you know, I feel like I learn from Tony Romo sometimes. But anyway." That that's my rent on that game. <laughs> um, so they found out that the Buffalo Bills are human, and they they lost the game against the Titans. And man, did they lose! It was forty-two to sixteen Titans. Good grief! We're still checking on uh, Josh Norman to make sure that he survived that uh, that stiff arm from uh, King Henry. Uh, it, it was uh, one of those things that. Uh, I don't even know what he was thinking at that point. I, I guess, yeah, stop him, but you you don't want to go, you don't want to tackle Derrick Henry high up. You definitely don't want to do that. Um, if anything, you want to maybe even push him out of bounds or something because he was already headed out of bounds. So what you decided to do, oh, I'm going to go ahead and stop this guy, negative Ghost Rider. You got, I mean, it was one of those things where 
he was pushed into the core of the earth. That's how bad it was. This 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 stiff arm is the best thing I saw it. Uh, I told my wife uh, it was a delicious stiff arm um, because I mean you could taste the pain. That's how bad it was. But anyway, go down the stat sheet. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, the resurgence of Ryan Tannehill. My goodness. Uh, leaves Miami, comes to Tennessee, and balls out, man. 21 for 28, 195 yards, three touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 57 yards, and a beautiful stiff arm to Josh Norman. 19 carries, 57 yards, and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, seven receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Now, this is not to say that the Buffalo Bills are horrible. No, you have to think about this. Tennessee hadn't played in, I think, a couple of weeks or a week almost, something like that. It's been a while, right, because the whole COVID test and everything happening. They're rested, and they were ready to go. They were ready to go. The Bills have been playing for, well, this would be the fifth consecutive week. And so, you know, you play against a team that's fresh, that has been rested, that's been watching film, has had time to prepare. And... I mean, they got blown out. 16-42. I mean, Bills, y'all have to do better. Um, Josh Allen still playing at a high level. 26-41, 263 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Not necessarily the game that he would like to have. There, Those interceptions, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he'd like to have him back. TJ Yeldon, man, I haven't heard that name in a while. Rushing for the Buffalo Bills, 7 carries, 52 yards. And Stephon Diggs still connecting with his young quarterback, 10 receptions, 106 yards. I mean, this cat, another consistent wide receiver, right? He's uh, he's amazing. I think he leads the wide receivers in receptions and yards. Um, but don't quote me on that. It, it was just it was a treat to have a, a Tuesday night football game. And, and today is Thursday, so we are going to have football again um tonight i believe we will have a, a great matchup um it should be and we start with let's see here thursday night thursday night so thursday night don't believe there will be a thursday night game this week Nope, no Thursday night football tonight. Man, oh well. So, going into the Dallas Cowboys, right? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys ended up playing the New York Giants, and uh, they won uh, at a very high cost. We lost our starting quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happened, and we lost them in a in a very um, gruesome fashion, uh, I would say. Uh, Dak Prescott, you know, he had himself a, a, a pretty good game. Um, 14 for 21, uh, 166 yards, one pick. He was unable to throw for a touchdown. But he was starting to get into a rhythm, right? He was starting to get into a rhythm. He was starting to, you know, ball out, doing the things that he does. And Dak Prescott is known for also not just throwing the ball, but he's a mobile quarterback. He can run it through the outside and through the inside and in the middle, and it's no problem for him. So he decides to take the ball, 
he decides to run it down for a first down. Um, he was close to the first down marker. I believe he was about three yards away. Um, a defender named Ryan, uh, I forgot his complete name, but a defender named by the name of Ryan comes through, um, tackles him. It, it's a it's a regular, you know, I want to say almost um, just a standard tackle, right? Um, can't bring the guy down. You have to, at that point in time, go underneath him and try to stop him. That's your job. It, it, there's no malintent. It's just part of the game. And so I noticed Dak Prescott walks a lot on the balls of his feet. So the balls of his feet land on the turf. And that that's the thing with turf and with grass, right? Grass gives. Turf doesn't. Turf doesn't because it's artificial. And so it is designed to come right back to the same position that it was before an object landed on it or is on it. So it didn't give. Um, Dax Prescott foot went right underneath him and it almost looked as it was first dislocated and then broken. Um, it was a most, besides Gordon Hayward's and um, Paul George's uh, injuries, those are, that was the most gruesome injury I've ever seen in the NFL uh, and professional sports actually because the, the other two that I mentioned happened in the NBA and so the, the car comes up everyone is it's hugging him everyone's patting him in the back everyone's trying to console this guy because he knows at this point in time there's no telling um, what's going to happen right um, is this just a, a minor fracture is it uh, you know, a big time fracture. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He just knows that he's about to get carted off the off the field. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm keeping an eye on my on my on my notifications. Come to find out, he has a compound fracture. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a compound fracture is basically when the bone tears through the skin. I don't mean to be graphic. But that's, those are just the facts, right? That's a compound fracture. So he immediately gets rushed into the hospital. That's, that's the first notification I got. I'm sorry. The first notification I got was Dak Prescott gets transported to the hospital. I said, okay, th this is now bad. This is not just a fracture and a broken you know, ankle or what have you. This, is, this, has to, this had to be something more than that, serious. And the second notification was... It's a compound fracture. Okay, so let's look at it from now from the standpoint of what's going to happen to the Dallas Cowboys. First of all, what's going to happen? So what happens is Ryan Stan... Uh, I'm sorry. The Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, steps in and leads the team to victory. Not just any victory, but he's connecting with his young receivers. Um... Michael Gallup with uh, two toe, uh, toe drags down the sidelines. Not once, but two, twice. Go back there and, and watch the highlights. They're amazing. Um, of course, he started a little shaky. You know, he was uh, he, he fumbled a football, and, of course, New York got it. And, well, at the end of the day, we were able to walk away from the win. And, and yay, and yay for Andy Dalton, and yay for the Cowboys, and we'll see what Andy Dalton's made out of when you know the next uh, 
when we play the next team, which I believe is Arizona here at home. But let, let's go back to the whole Dak Prescott thing, right? Dak Prescott was in a contract year. They franchise tagged him. What does franchise tag mean? Franchise tag means a team is able to put a tag on you to basically say, okay, we have you and you can't sign with anybody else while we franchise tag you. No one can come in and try to try to put the, you know, another contract on you, no, nothing like that. We have you, that's it, you're, you're, you belong to the team, no mas, right? So they franchise tagged him for about 31 and some change. I believe it was $31.4 million. Those that's guaranteed money, by the way. There's no there's no um 31 guarantee, you know, 31 million, you know, 20 guaranteed. No, it's 31.4 million guaranteed. So what do we do if we're the Cowboys organization? What do you do if you're the Cowboys organization? You now have a banged up starting quarterback. Your backup quarterback looks to be very serviceable. Now, mind you, Andy Dalton is no scrub. He started in the NFL for a little bit, I believe, a little bit over six years. It didn't work out for him in Cincinnati. They released him. Cowboys picked him up. He's been, you know, uh, he's been with us. That's, that's as far as we know. He's been with us, not getting a whole lot of first-team reps. But I'm sure that changes week, right? So the Dallas Cowboys have two decisions to make. One, do we franchise tag Dak next next, uh, season? Which I'm pretty sure they're going to. Just out of the fact that, out of just respect for the guy, right? Um, They expect him to be out a little bit over six to eight months. Anywhere around that, uh, that time frame. I'm not a doctor. This is just based off of things that I've seen and notifications I've received. Um, and two, what do we do if Andy Dalton decides to ball out? Because mind you, Andy Dalton is only on a, I believe on a one year deal. If not, it's three, but I'm more leaning towards he's on a, only on a one year deal. I'll find out and come back and let you all know. But just think about this. He still needs to prove that he's a serviceable backup. Okay, so where does the leverage land at now? Obviously, with the Dallas Cowboys. You still have to make business decisions. You still have to think about, okay, what do we do? Do we keep Dak? Or do we keep the backup and wait for, you know, not this draft, but the next one, and draft the quarterback of the quote-unquote future? I mean, I'll tell you what I would do. I would definitely keep Dak. However, the negotiations are not going to swing his way. They're going to swing our way. Because we don't know at this point in time whether or not you're injury prone at this point. Because a compound fracture, as I've just you know described, is very, very gruesome. Is this going to affect your ball play? Um, Brian brought us out of 105.3 the fan stated that it should not yeah it's going to it it makes you more aware of is this a good time to run and it makes you hesitate that's one 
another question he was asked is, will this change his his you know the the way that he plays? He said no, it will not. He will still be able to run it. Uh, again, yes, it it will. Um, once a person goes through a certain trauma, it's very difficult to have to. I don't want to say get over it, but overcome the the actual moments that go through your mind, and again the hesitation of having to. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and run, but hey, look, it's such and such right in front of me, and he's about ready to take me out. Do I take that risk? No. I feel as though Dak will, at that point in time, become a much better pocket passer. Again, this is just my opinion. These are not facts. So, you know, hopefully he's he's able to recover and he's able to move forward from, from this situation. It's, it's very unfortunate. We don't like to see it. No one likes to see someone go down like that. And, of course, you know, best of wishes to Dak Prescott. I know his neighbors um, uh, down in, in uh, Prosper, put up a um you know some signs you know those happy birthday signs but in this case it said you know we hope we get we hope you get well soon dak your neighbors um which is a nice gesture and then you can know and you can tell you can feel the guys loved here in dallas not just by the fans but also his his teammates his teammates created a video for him wishing him a you know speedy recovery and what have you speaking of recovery Ladies and gentlemen, we have we are in the middle of pandemic, um, and of course, this is affecting professional sports. Uh, we keep seeing more superstars come down with COVID tests. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was the latest one in soccer. Um, you know, Nick Saban in NCAA football. Now the Falcons uh, facility has to be shut down because there has been a a positive test. The Patriots facility has been shut down for the last three days, and I believe they they may be reopening, but man, I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, it is important, ladies and gentlemen, that we keep our distance from each other. Um, I understand it, things are difficult, things are tough, and, and things are not necessarily what where we want them to be. Right, but there's a difference between what we want and what we need. What we need is to take precautions. What we need is to avoid having contact as much as possible. I get that there are times and there are tough times when we have to go out and we have to get certain things, and you know that's fine. But if you can avoid it, avoid it at all costs. Wear your masks, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Those are very just simple things that we can all follow, right? And um, again, professional players are not immune to it. Um, a lot of a lot of professional players are asymptomatic, but what about those people with underlying conditions? Just think about them, right? Just for a minute. Uh, be unselfish. Uh, wear your mask. Don't make it a big deal. Then it already it is. Um, just you know. Be careful out there. Take care of each other. And this is all I got for week five of the NFL. Um, now, moving on to the NBA. The NBA bubble reported zero COVID tests during the time that it has been going on at the uh, 
at the bubble in Walt Disney. So, you know, big ups for them. The LA Lakers beating the Miami Heat six game in six games. Um, you know, we all knew LeBron was going to go ahead and get it. We all knew that the Lakers were the high favorite. Uh, the Clippers ended up firing Doc Rivers. Uh, that's unfortunate, but Rivers is now with the 76ers. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, if the Clippers, I mean, I'm sorry, if the Sixers buy into Doc Rivers' philosophy. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out the Netflix documentary where um, he comes up, I definitely recommend it. Um, it is very interesting, and there's a lot of a uh, lot of little nuggets that Doc River, Doc Rivers, excuse me, um, drops in that uh, documentary. I believe it's called The Playbook: A Coach's Guide to Winning. Uh, it is on Netflix. Again, recommend it highly. Uh, but moving on, uh, the Rockets have also moved on from Mike D'Antoni. Well, actually, Mike D'Antoni chunked the deuces on them. And so right now, I believe Stan Van Gundy is the high favorite for the um, for the Houston Rockets as a head coach, and Jeff Van Gundy is the favorite for the LA Clippers. So more to come on that. Um, you know, it is a there is a draft coming. Of course, Lamelo Ball being the high favorite to go number one. Um, R.J. Hampton high favorite to go number two. Um, I really. A lot of people are, are really hyped up about Lamelo and how great he is and, and his highlight reels and all this stuff and the other. Personally, I'm not a big fan of hyping up rookies because that's what they are. They are rookies. They haven't been proven in the NBA. Uh, this is the elite of the elite. Uh, playing overseas is great. It does prepare you. It does help you become a professional. But at the end of the day, you still have to play with the big boys. Um Having said this, uh, speaking of big boys, by the way, I believe there is a boxing match between uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez this week on ESPN, a free fight. Uh, let me go ahead and double check on that here real quick, and we'll definitely get into that um, because, you know, it, it's very... That's a very anticipated fight. It is a lightweight fight, but a fight nonetheless. And we all like free stuff, right? I love free stuff, personally. Um, so this is a fight where there's been a lot of back and forth, obviously a lot of hyping up and uh, a lot of uh, trash talking, which I love. You know, I, I, I am entertained by those uh, those things uh, that um, the... the the fighters uh, do to promote their fights it, it, it is interesting so let's see what time is this fight oh and uh, UFC has Brian Ortega and Chan Sung Young um, as the main card this weekend as well uh, so looking forward to that if I get a chance to watch it I will but anyway yes the fight is this Saturday it, I believe, does start at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. So on ESPN, you know, top-ranked fighting, it is always exciting. Definitely would encourage everyone that uh, is able to watch and enjoys boxing to go ahead and get around to that. I am for Vasily Lomachenko. Obviously, 
he has a lot of power, and anybody that has fought Vasily Lomachenko will tell you the guy hits like a freaking mule. So, you know, believe it or not, those heavy hands once they start, you know, once you start catching those hands, man, it, it, you know, it, you do get tired of it, and um, you, you know, I'm, I'm afraid Lopez is going to definitely feel it. Um, so that's all I got for you all today. I really appreciate you stopping by. Um, you know, I know the wifey was a fan favorite. Um, I don't have her today. Uh, she had to go to work. I don't have to go to work just yet. I do hold a nine to five. Thank you very much. I do this just for fun and uh, just to get on the mic and, and talk to you all. Um, again, I appreciate you lending me your ears. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can do that at four underscore starters with a Z. Again, that's four underscore starters with a Z. Uh, again, we talk Twitter. We have, I'm sorry, we have Twitter. Um, hopefully, I will have uh, Instagram coming coming up very soon. Uh, we have uh, also a lot of a lot of uh, posting on Twitter. Hit me up, guys. Again, that's four underscore starters with a Z at the end. Appreciate y'all. Love you. Have a good one.